Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, how's it going? Well, you know, I feel like um, Jersey just came over here because it's it's raining today. It's very rainy. Oh, but if sorry like, about that. No, I mean, to be honest, it's <laughs> fabulous because we've had this insanity weather for the last week. Every day, beautifully sunny, um, hot as shit. Uh, beach, the nude beach was just hopping over the weekend. Oh, hello. Tell yeah. me more about that. Absolutely. Well, you know, I didn't realize that so many people frequented this beach on, on Toronto Island. And me and my dog went there and uh, we just sort of wandered onto the beach and it was just like standing room only. Yeah. Well, and it's, a, and it's an actual nudist beach. So there's a, a, a clothed beach and then right next door uh, is an unclothed beach. And by okay. next door, I mean, it's separated by like this... I don't know. It's not even a fence. There's like this little thing where like all of there were nude people and then there were non-nude people. And it was, I don't know. I don't even know the demarcation line, but yeah. Yeah. What? It was really funny. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I know. It's, it's lovely. It was hot as hell. Couldn't even stand on the sand. It was so hot. Yeah. Anyways, so it was just gorgeous. Um, we had I won't the... ask which side of the beach you were on. Well, you know, <laughs> it's so funny that you should ask. I did not come with a beach blanket. So I, because the sand was so hot, I could not take off my clothes. <laughs> That's the only thing that held me back. Otherwise, I probably would have gotten into my skivvies and just uh, had a day of the locals. Yeah. But I would say that the, the, the nude part of the beach was the much more packed part. Yeah. Wow. There you yeah, go. It's supposed to be quite liberating. It is. You know, what's really funny is I find that men, when they go to a nude beach, a lot of them like to wear like a full t-shirt and no bottoms. That's oh. kind of their, I, I don't know what it is about guys and That's nude beaches. That's not really nude though, is it? Yeah, it's weird. They, they kind of just want to have their, their, uh, their willy out and about, but, but also have a t-shirt on. It'll be self-conscious thing. They'll be worried oh. about their, about their moobs. <laughs> They're moobs. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's probably it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If your pecs aren't great, but you yeah. still want to swing your willy around. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I never thought we'd be having this conversation today. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I picked up lots of stuff, uh, you know, over the weekend. <laughs> lots of local Toronto intel. You, you did indeed. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess no nude beaches hanging around in Jersey, but how have things been going on on the, your side of the world? Yeah, things are good. Um, we too had some decent weather until mm. yesterday when we had all the seasons in one day, I think. So we had oh. uh, sunshine, we had hailstones, thunderstorms, rain, lightning oh. at one point. Um, so yeah, it was all going on, all going on. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a... But no, it's nice. It's been good to get out and about. And um, I did a little bit of walking at the weekend. I'm trying to get back on my fitness trail, oh. which will last about two seconds. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we won't give up trying. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh. And um, and I had a visit from my daughter. She <gasps> came back for a little last minute visit. Oh, so like was... unexpected? Yeah, which a messaged kind of part way through the week and just said, can I come back? And oh. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, oh. So that was really nice. Um, and just hung out and uh, watched movies and, 
Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice to see her. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Aww, so yeah, I'm, nice I'm well times. happy. Yeah. Oh, that's good mom times. <laughs> oh, right on. So yeah. uh, on your sunny deck, have you been uh, checking in with the relationship desk of love? Oh, I have. Oh, okay. Well, let me share with you what I have this week. Oh. An Indian couple are suing their son because he's not given them a grandchild. Yeah, I've totally heard about this. Like, what was the reason what? they cite? Was it like unnecessary? What was their like undue? Oh, it was, yes. Yeah, so psychological the, pressure? Yeah, yeah. So the reason, so it said the grounds for the lawsuit were mental harassment. Oh, yeah, mental harassment. Yeah. yeah. So they basically said they've spent a lot of money on their son. Um, they were quoting, well, they're asking for damages of $650. Unless a grandchild is born in the next year. And the reason is because they have used up all of their savings paying for their son's pilot training as well as his lavish wedding. And he has not produced oh. them a child. Not only that, he also, when he finished his pilot's license, he got a job, then lost the job. I'm guessing he was being redundant. And then he went back to live with them. So they funded him during that period. Then they funded this lavish wedding. And now they're really, really upset because they haven't got a grandchild to play with during their retirement. So they're suing him. <gasps> oh my gosh. Isn't that awesome? That kind, it, I wonder if it's a precedent-setting case. Like that's kind of an interest. It's, it's an interesting thing. Very inventive. Extra points to the, law, the legal team that, uh, for their creativity. But surely you can't sue somebody for not giving you a grandchild. I just don't see how it's possible. I mean, it sounds ludicrous. But, but Where yeah, does it say it, in law that we are obliged to give, <laughs> you know, we talk about in um, in America, we're talking about who can and can't have abortions. We're now talking about the fact that you have to be forced to give a grandchild to your parents. Like, yeah, that oh, is, that's so it's true. just not right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And And the thing is, too, like the thing about. Just to generalize, although, you know, India has their, their laws are really great. I, I don't imagine this going anywhere because there I don't think that there's any sort of wiggle room mm. of law that would allow this to, to proceed. And, you know, the courts can often move very slow and so forth, but I don't imagine any judge ruling that. Like, I have, I have enough sort of faith in the mm. Indian legal system, wherever that might fall, whether it's like municipal level or state level. Um, so it's curious. It's a bit frivolous. But actually, you are right. It... It is so interesting how absolutely everybody is trying to get into our uteruses. Yeah. And there's no winners so in this situation because what? So the parents yeah. don't yeah. They don't win. I'm assuming they're not going to win. So the parents don't yeah. win. And all they've done is to spend more money on um, on legal fees to take their son to uh, court. Yeah. They've also damaged their relationship with their son. Oh, um, yeah. Let's say for some ludicrous reason that they did win. The son then is forced to have, well, not even just him, his wife is forced, who isn't even, is only related by marriage to these people, is forced to have a baby yeah. when they don't, you know, I don't know whether they want one or not, but certainly haven't wanted one up until yeah. this point, yet they're forced to bring a child mm -hmm. in the world. There is no situation in this where anybody wins. There's yeah. no positive outcome from this. Well, and that brings up coaching too, right? Like when we fight level two to level two or this anger mm. against anger, 
there are no, no. winners in that sort of no. situation. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, my first reaction when I read it was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> but when you dig a bit deeper, like there's some serious issues there. There's some, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a real big link to what's going on in the world. Yeah. yeah like it's it's just shocking the autonomy yeah. to be able to decide when, if and how we want to have a child or not. It's it's shocking how people are getting up into our business. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So true. Exactly. So true. So Oof. okay. Now all right. I'm going out of my chest. <laughs> oh, all right. Gosh, this is a bit cathartic, hey? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we um shall we hot topic? <laughs> yes, let's do it. hot topic are you bringing your a-game to your relationship <laughs> well i'm not sure those parents are bringing their a-game hell no <laughs> oh man oh man yeah this is a good good discussion isn't it about um oh. and how often do we really really think about our the part that we play in a relationship what do we bring how Absolutely. do we enhance the other person's life how do we make our relationship as successful as it can be mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about here yeah yeah no it's so funny that question really does sort of jolt us out of this kind of reliance on the other person to make the changes and make yeah. us happy because yeah I think all of us when when we're asked are you bringing your a game we all think back to a time when we were playing our a game yeah showing up deeds actions uh we were attentive and listening yeah following through doing what you say yeah. we're gonna do yeah. build gestures encouraging trust going out of your way to do something special and nice for somebody else yeah attending to their love language and speaking yeah. in that language not your own language yeah yeah yeah, yeah. trying to meet the needs of your partner Oh. actively listening oh my gosh oh it's go so much easier to do that when the love glow is on right when you're like oh yes. we never fight we just love each other well it makes me think about the honeymoon period right so mm-hmm. when I think about the time when you're in your a game it's like um you know when you say when you're in that kind of a really really want to impress you or mm-hmm. like when you start a new job and you want to be kind of at the top of your game and you mm. you really want to demonstrate that they've made the right hire. Yeah. That's when you when you think about being on your A game or yeah. um you know in like sporting scenarios like I am you know I'm smashing it I'm training every day I'm beating my personal best cuz I'm just super committed but I'm also putting in the time and the effort and everything that it needs yeah. to get to my A game. So all those situations all those scenarios it's really easy to do it when you're switched on and you're invested mm-hmm. and you're engaged in, in the situation or the scenario. Um, right. When you're not, it's much easier to blame the other person. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is a real sobering question. Like, it immediately is like, are you on your game game? I'm like, nope. <laughs> no. And I think yeah. there, there's the, the challenge, isn't there? Because can you ever really be fully on your A game? Because mm. there's always room for improvement. Ah, ah, but you know what? Like if I'm on my A game, let's just say um like in my working out or lifestyle wise or my job, I think yeah. if am I on my A game, I will say am I trying my best? I'll always have things that I need to improve on, but am I trying my best? And that's where I can measure that. And and that's you know, reflecting back on relationship, am I trying my best? Am I showing up the best? I'm not perfect. Always going to be stuff to improve on. 
Yeah, but I still think that being on your A game means that you are kind of tweaking things, you're perfecting things. So let's go back to the mm. exercise analogy. Mm. So I'm on my A game, I'm showing up, I'm doing my exercises, but is my technique exactly where it needs to be to get the most out of that, the effort that I'm putting into that session? Mm. So that, you know, when we, when we think about it like that, if I'm always kind of challenging myself to, you know, switch things up a bit, and we're not talking about... um you know, the impossible, but it's mm. about, um, it's that mastery, isn't it? So a mastery of something, but I'm not, I'm, it's not saying I'm perfect at it, mm. but I'm, I'm mastering it because I'm always looking for the little tweaks and the gains and the, the wins that I can make to make the whole situation much better off. Mm, okay. Oh God, I really am not. <laughs> oh man. I mean, so what's, com what comes up for you? Like what's, what's the process of your feelings as you hear that question, you th reflect into your own life. Do you find defensiveness coming up like excuses? Do you find it's motivating this question or do you find it's demotivating? Oh, well, personally or just like generically? Yeah, yeah personally. Um, I think it is a bit of a jolt, as you say. I think it really makes you think. I think it's a great question to ask yourself on a regular basis. Like, am I bringing my A game? Mm -hmm. I think the challenge can often be with this is because we say, well, you know, what's the point of bringing my A game? Because they're mm -hmm. not bringing theirs. Mm -hmm. So you can get, and I guess that's where maybe some of that defensiveness yeah, comes in. So that can often be a big response, can't it? Like, it doesn't matter what I do, nothing nothing mm. seems to make a difference or nothing is worth it and if you're coming up against that I think you know that's a signal that there's something else that's wrong if you don't want to bring your a-game mm. it's one thing saying actually maybe I'm not bringing my a-game but I but I want to and therefore I'm going to find some time to really carve out to think about what that would look like for me things that I can make and and often we're talking about small changes we're not talking mm. about big massive overhauls that we have to do we're talking about little small steps to mm -hmm. to get you to your a game but if my reaction is um you know what's the point mm. then there's a much bigger issue there yeah 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 it's funny as I received this like are you bringing your a game it's weird it is actually quite motivating for me I'm not mm. quite sure if that's the litmus test is, um, are you bringing your A game? I it's almost like a, it presses the button of, is there love there? Mm. Is there, is the, is the pilot light still on in your relationship? Well, it's that difference between do I want to, or, um, yeah. you know, am I kind of, am I, do I feel like I'm expected to? It's that, yeah. that difference. Do I want to, or do, or do I not? Is that, it's a really good indicator, isn't it? About where you're at. Yeah. Oh my God. And how yeah. much, how much you're invested and how committed you are to the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So when it's motivating, that's like, actually, I am fully committed. I am invested. Therefore, I want to do something different. Where you feel like you are demotivated and you jump to that defensiveness, yeah. then that probably tells you that you're not as as committed or engaged. Yeah. I've been having a lot of... Uh, God, who knew? <laughs> who knew, right? No, it's it, this is so crazy. It's such a a box opener this um this question i i've been having conversations about relationship recently um with a trusted uh person in my life and he is like a a sage man in in, mm. in the in the ways of relationship and i was sort of reflecting something that like you know you know oftentimes we sort of put ultimatums to our partner like you yeah. need to do this i want you to do this or don't do that 
Yeah. And often our partner or us will retort back is like, uh, I can't do that or whatever. And he was saying, you know, it's not a matter of like, it shouldn't be a, I should do this. It's because you want to do it. Yeah. Like it shouldn't feel yeah. like a should. It should feel like you actually want to. And this is the problem with ultimatums, because if you go, um, it's, you know, do this or, or else, mm-hmm. then you're forcing somebody's hand to do something that maybe they don't want to do. Yeah, it should be a question of this is what I really, you know, would like you to do. This is what I expect from you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, go away and have a think about whether that's something that you're prepared to do and want to do and yeah. want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And want to do might not be like it's convenient to me. It might be inconvenient. It might be a stretch, but it's because yeah. you know that you are it is a valuable investment into a relationship. Yeah. That's where the want comes from. Yeah. Big, big stuff. It yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need a bit of time out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? It's a really interesting question to ask yourself and to challenge yourself with mm-hmm. and um, you know, compare what what would it look like if I was and where do I think I'm at? How mm. far away do I think I am from that position? What would need to change? You know, what would be two or three things that I could do that I could mm. start putting in place now? And that's where scaling questions can be helpful for you. So like, how much of your A game are you bringing to your relationship right now out of 10? 10 being like churning hard, just championship. Um, And if you were like, well, I'm a six. Okay, cool. What makes that not a four? And that's a nice question to, to first pat yourself on the back of, you know, you could always be bringing less of your A game. You could be really slouching off, but why isn't it a four? Why is it a six? Yeah. And that might help you realize, well, I'm at, I, I'm noticing that I am stretching beyond my comfort zone to do these things, whether they're recognized or not. And I'm really proud of these efforts, like yeah. this little gesture here, or I made that compromise there. Yeah. And what that's coming from is a place of strength, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. identifying your strengths in that and then helping you to be able to build on them. Often when you do that, you'll find out... Um, as people start to talk through it and go, well, I do this, I do that, I do the other. Mm-hmm. And they go, actually, <laughs> yeah. I am bringing my A game or I'm an eight yeah. or I'm a seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so, yeah, and, and so maybe you might bump it up to a seven. And then the next question is not how we, how do we get it to a 10? How do we get yeah. it to a seven and a half? Yeah. And that's, I think, because we always think about this all or nothing. You either bring in your A game yeah. or you're not, but to incrementally improve it's funny how when we coach relationship, it's funny how when one partner is bringing their A game like from a seven to a seven and a half, just mm. maybe one or two different gestures, that really is felt. The partner yeah. really feels it and it gives people hope because what happens is when nobody is changing or doing anything differently, that's where our dismay comes in. But if we start mm. to see just a tiny glimmer and we can recognize those glimmers, it gives our couples a lot of hope. Because yeah. it tells you that the other person is actually invested. They want it. And they care. And they care. Yeah. yeah. We all want to be cared for. Yeah. Yeah, we all want to see our partner doing a bit of effort. Our partner wants us to, to put in a bit more effort. Because yeah. that means if, you, if you're doing it, you care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So, some sobering thoughts this week. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No question. Ooh. Oh. Spicy wow. indeed. It is indeed. Yeah. Would you like a question? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Today's question. I 
had a devastating divorce. How long should I leave it before dating again? Oh my gosh. This is like the, oh my, magical, right? So said sage person in my life, my my relationship counselor, if you will, um, he said to me, he's like, you need one month of grieving and recovery and deep work for every year that you were with somebody. One month, did he say? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Okay. Where, where you would be best to just heal, work on yourself, spend time alone, probably not date, maybe get your sexual needs met in a casual fashion, but not diving into a rebound. So one mm. month for every year you were with somebody. How does that sound to you? That kind of resonates with me. Well, I don't, so like if you were married for 20 years, then yeah. you wouldn't date anybody for nearly two years. Would it make sense to you that like for almost two years, you'd be actually working through the grieving process, getting to know yourself, whatever five stages no. of grief? No. no you think it's more think or that, less? Well, I think grief's different for everybody. And I think healing is different for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, this person said they had a devastating divorce. My question would be kind of, you know, where does that, where did that devastation come from? Mm. Which helps you to pinpoint where the, um, where the challenges are to then know what to start to work on, to heal from. Ah. It could just be that it was, that a partner was super nasty. But in Mm. all other aspects, if I'm saying it's a she, I don't even know, if he or she's partner was was super nasty and it was just a kind of a really shitty, shitty time. But actually in all other areas of their life, they are... um, you know, they're pretty self-confident, they're sure of themselves, they're mm. happy with the with with what they've got to present, they're not. So there's nothing in themselves that they're not secure about. It was just, it wasn't a very nice time. Mm. So in that instance, if they'd been married for 20 years, I wouldn't then say, well, she has to wait, he or she has to wait, um, you know, 20 months, nearly two years before they date somebody. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, there's never but rules. Just my perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I think for me... I think we're coming close to uh, <laughs> to coach deathmatch. I know, I know. Absolutely, I've always wanted to reprise our death de- uh, deathmatch. Um, <laughs> I I'm sure a lot of folks have. I have totally rebounded before, and not just once, but the rebound that I remember, it really put my healing on pause. I didn't do any personal processing when mm. I rebounded. I, I would say that had I the the opportunity again, I would sit in the grief. And not because the thing is, is you have to process the grief one way or the other. And I believe that if you if you rebound, you really are putting a pause button on a lot of the processing and a lot of the opportunity that the brief can the grief can um, can teach you. So I don't think there's any hard and fast rules, but I will say that dating again will actually provide new inputs and possible distraction to the grieving process, which is a natural process. I've I've learned that from personal but what experience. If- so what if part of that rebound is actually helping you in that process? Is that not a possibility? Oh, I love this. We're getting saucy. I um <laughs> I I really look, I'm going to call out my own bullshit. I would have said so, but when I rebounded hard, I didn't learn anything because I'm still cuz I am still in 2022. I'm still learning, relearning the same things that I failed to learn then. I'll just speak for myself. The rebound, it kind of gets that, it's the opium again. So the whole thing of grief, divorce, and loss, right? It's like, it almost feels like a drug withdrawal. That sort of Mm. pain that you feel, it feels like, 
I need heroin and I'm not getting it. And all I want is just a hit because I feel so sad alone, etc. Yeah. But if what, what if during that kind of quick re- rebound, you kind of get a few needs met, it gets you over that hump of that past relationship. Mm. Then you take some time out. Mm. That's a possibility. Yeah, but, but, you know, <laughs> it's not that 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 partner, that ex-partner was like the bad person and we're just a great person, totally self-evolved and just waiting to find that great person there. You know, our problems tend to, to trail us, right? So the newness and that dopamine hit of a new thing, it's so sedating. It's so anesthetizing. I really do feel like it, it distracts us from our deep work. You might just want a tiny bit of fun just to get you over the hump and then... Oh. Ah, ah, so dating again, ah, the difference between like sex without attachment or casual dating without sort of falling into a pattern Mm. relationship. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, needs met for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on if you're somebody who can have like a casual fling. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah, I'm a bit of a pattern fall into relationship kind of person myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so easy to do. And we've talked about this before on the program, haven't we, about how you start with every intention of um, of just having a bit of fun. And then it kind of, you know, one thing leads to another, six months later, then three years later, then yeah. five years later. Yeah. <laughs> and you're stuck in this relationship that you never really intended to get into in the first place. Yeah. But I think this brings me on to actually a point which I hadn't even thought of when we first started kind of considering this question. The the point here is about conscious decisions mm. and um, conscious actions. Mm. Oh, say more. Yeah. So, you know, when we think about this question, devastating divorce, how long should I leave it before dating again? The thing to uncover here is what do you want to get out of dating? What is it that you're looking for? What do you seek from that relationship or that connection? And how do you consciously act and make the right decisions that mean that you get exactly what you want mm-hmm. as opposed to unconsciously trying to kind of you know have some sort of soothing mechanism that takes the pain away which I yeah. think is where you're coming from in terms yeah. of the breathing so yeah. I brought us back together again Anna yes <laughs> yes I think you still. did I think you did <laughs> okay I agree with that I agree with that yeah you know because oh I knew I'd get there in the end <laughs> <laughs> the death match has ended. I can't have disharmony for too long. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. You're right. So so if, you're, if your relationship has ended, right, and you're feeling horrible, you're in the throes of the grief, right? Yeah. And if you're like, I need to go message some exes or message that person who was always into me, but I wasn't really into them. Let yeah, me go yeah. and troll them on Facebook and Instagram and see if yeah. they'll hook up with me. Yeah. That would be not healthy. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to... What would healthy dating look like? How how would that come? How would you be arranging that? I love the intentional aspect. Tell me more about mm. that. So I think the healthy dating side of it really comes from, um, and, and this is, I guess, where you're coming from about having your shit together, basically. I'm not mm. doing it out of some sort of lack or, mm-hmm. um, or because I feel like I'm missing out on something. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else, you know, I'm a bit bored on a Saturday night. Everybody else is out. I've got serious FOMO therefore I've got to find somebody to go out and have a date with or I feel like I can't actually spend some time alone this feels 
unnatural for me. I'm therefore going to go and find somebody who can kind of, um, you know, soothe that unnaturalness and make everything mm. better again. All of that is is a place of lack and, and we're not mm. coming from a kind of positive place there. The flip mm. side of that is actually my life's sound, but I just fancy, a, you know, I fancy a bit of fun or mm. I want mm. to, um, you know, I want to meet some new people. I want to experience dating. I want to see what it's like. And if I, you know, if I meet somebody who actually turns out to be pretty sound and um, and I feel like there's a natural connection and a fit there and we're aligned, then I may take it further. But until that point, I don't, I'm not going to get drawn into something or a situation that I don't want to be in. It goes back to oh. boundaries. I mean, damn, everything comes back to boundaries. It so does. <laughs> and... I've half written an yeah. article on boundaries, which yeah. I'm going to publish oh. this week. So if I publish it oh before God, this do. podcast goes out, I'll put a little link in. Oh gosh, you've got it. Because it does, it goes back to that. It's having that really clear, um, that clear kind of set of actually my wants and my, you know, my wants and my wishes mm-hmm. versus what I don't want and, and then communicating that. Oh my gosh. So I want to drill down to like what's underneath there, like the biggest fear that a lot of us have when our relationship ends And what you describe is a healthy boundary. And that boundary comes from knowing that you're going to be fine. Yeah. A lot of the time when we, when we break up a relationship, we have this fear that we will never be happy again. And our partner is going to go off and have a fabulous life. So we better get going because it's a contest of who can be most fabulous afterwards. And something that I'm having to remind myself is, um, where, what happens to your partner, whether they go off and happily ever after and have that child that they never wanted to have with you, whatever happens in your partner's life after you guys break up is none of your business and doesn't reflect on you because yeah. all that's important is you. That's all that's important. Yeah. But that point there about reflecting on you is the bit that we're worried about because we're worried about everybody else's judgment about who we are as people rather than saying actually I don't give I don't give two shits what you think of me yeah. I'm pretty sound as I am and I don't need your validation about my life and yeah. my life choices more importantly and you've got it and man you're you're preaching from the mountaintop I have to say that when I go through breakups I never feel like this <laughs> I feel horrible I feel like I feel like I'm always wondering about what my ex-partner is doing, how fabulous they're doing. I just, I give them all my power. And and that's where if I start to date again in that really powerless spot, trying to find somebody to validate me, to make me sort of worth existing again. Yeah. Bad times. 100%. So that's not the right attitude to go into dating with. Mm. It's not the right time to go into dating. If that's what, if that's what we're looking for, that external validation that we're, that we're a pretty decent human being, it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just want to pick up on something you said when you were talking before about this. Um, I I don't feel like I can kind of trust the future. I was listening to a great Mm. podcast at the weekend when I was out walking about um, it was more about financial security and um, and the um, the person being interviewed had said um, something along the lines of they were terrified in that moment about not having any money. However, when they challenged themselves to think about a time when you know the universe or the world didn't take care of them they couldn't come up with one so yes they might not have had a lot of money and things might have been super tight and they might have had to have really kind of paired back to a place that felt uncomfortable and really really difficult to live in however they were still taken care of in some shape or form 
And the same applies. It really got me thinking about relationships and how we apply that same philosophy to relationships where we're terrified of a future that doesn't fit with our idealistic life or views about what relations should be. We're terrified of that. We're terrified about ending up in that place that we can't trust that actually things will be okay. Hmm. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that um, trust the process. Yeah, it is totally is trust in the process, huge. but it's the yeah. hardest thing to do. Yeah. It is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. So there's a, in the we'll explain fully for the listeners about kind of what trust the process is, but there are various stages kind of before that that precede it. So the first one is real kind of awareness of what's happening in your situation. The second part is then acknowledgement that this is this is what's happening. This is kind of the reality of where we are. The third one is then choice. And then the fourth stage is really trusting that whatever choice you make, it will be the right choice for you. Mm. You may just have to wait a bit for it to happen. Mm. And it's the hardest thing to do. Oof like the hardest thing to do yeah you've got it and the way that we conduct ourselves dating or pretty much anything after a relationship breakup like there's there's dating that is there's trying to rush things along and manufacture something that we think should be true versus just trusting the process and just letting ourselves move in flow with what signals are coming to us and the reality is very few of us actually trust the process that's why a bunch of us get into this string of toxic relationships And, and this is the whole thing about kind of mirroring, isn't it? What I'm putting out is what I'm going to get back. So if I'm approaching mm-hmm. that dating situation and scenario from a point of view that I just I just want somebody, anybody, I'll get just somebody or anybody. I won't get somebody mm-hmm. that is the right fit for me and um, and I can connect with and I can have a happy, joyful relationship with. Mm-hmm. You've got it. So there's no such thing as time, really. No, I don't think there is. And yeah. they, this goes back to my kind of initial, you know, slight disagreement. <laughs> is there isn't a magic number. There's not a kind of, whilst, you know, I appreciate the formula. I, for me, it doesn't necessarily work because it's about the the place and the space that you're in. Mm. And what you're, why you're approaching that day in and what you want to get out of it and how you're approaching that. Mm. oh my god sarah you won <laughs> <laughs> oh god I love you won this round <laughs> yeah. we need to keep some sort of uh some sort of on tally sheet scorecard yeah yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> that's awesome wow oh. that like i stand corrected that was awesome it was a pleasure yeah. discussing that with you though that's an exercise sure. and a half holy shit <laughs> But this, you know, and what yeah. I guess, I guess, what that discussion really demonstrates is that we are all capable of having different views, and it's not about you being right or <laughs> me being wrong or vice versa. Yeah. But it is about trying to understand each other's perspectives to say that sometimes the the lens that we look at things with isn't the only lens. Mm. You know, um, when you go for your old fashioned eye test, and they used to put the little um, mm. I can say this because I'm blind as a bat. Um, they put their glasses on and they keep sliding discs in until they get to the right one. Like, I often think about that analogy when we think about life. You know, they're just putting a different colour in or a different perspective in to make you see better. Um, And that's what we're doing when we're having some of these discussions where we don't quite see eye to eye. We're trying to understand each other's perspective. And to then kind of 
see, well, actually, does that help me to form a different opinion? Or do I still not think that, you know, do I still not agree with your perspective, but I respect it? Yeah, yeah. And that's healthy conflict right there. Yeah. Gosh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm coming away with a lot. I'm pretty stunned. I have no words. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Let's hope the listeners are as well. Um, On a um, on a super positive note, um, something drastic has happened with our listenership, and um, we've had a big boost. So thank you to all that have um, been listening, spreading the word. um, Hopefully, the stuff that we share is helpful. Oh my gosh, totally. It's so thrilling. You know, everybody who downloads our podcast or that we can tell has listened to the podcast. It's so incredible because this is a very personal experience recording this week. Sarah and I, we show up as coaches, but we show up as partners, as girlfriends, wives, um, as people who've walked this journey, still walking the journey, still fucking up every single day. So there's (laughs) so much that is personal that we put into this. And if you are having a little taste you are being served a piece of our pie that we took hours in the kitchen to make. So we're quite excited. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to think that people are listening. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, like my my hope when we started this podcast was just to share kind of little kind of tips and, and uh, little insights or thought-provoking nudges to kind mm-hmm. of help people to think about things in a different way help people to deal with some of the challenges that are coming up for them mm-hmm. and really just kind of like shift the energy a little bit for people yeah that was my hope uh, absolutely and you know I know what it's like to be at the mercy of a relationship or to mm. feel like you're standing in your own way in your relationship oh my god me too and it feels so shitty and if our podcast can help you to start to strategically move into a more powerful yeah. position and actually be able to bring your a-game yeah then damn man that's all we <laughs> want in our lives and yeah. you know if it helps you in any way, oh my God, we are so excited standing by the cheering, standing by the sidelines and cheering you on. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cheering you on. Yeah. It's hard. This is the ultra marathon, man. Relationship. Hard shit. It is. It is. Ain't easy. But the satisfaction along the way is amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's not just at the finish line. There are some times along the way where you yeah. get that big, big old glass of water that and all those cheering fans along the side and those beautiful yeah. milestones those little that checkpoints. you little checkpoints yeah. totally yeah the views along the way you know the little vistas exactly the yeah. mountain ranges and such yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely oh thanks sarah it is a pleasure to be oh. your recording partner oh i wouldn't have any other way yeah nice we must be coming up to um are we coming up to do yes soon uh, we, we so are i think we, we so are, are. Yeah. yeah we just we started in the middle of the pandemic in that yeah. time warp. Yeah, we need to have a little think about that. What we're going to do? Yeah, I think it was like June we started, June 2020. Yeah. Right? And then August, I think we launched our first. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Okay. We should mark that anniversary. <laughs> mm. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, um, a pleasure as always. Um, thank you for recording. Thank you for sharing. And, thank you. Um, yeah, wouldn't be without you. Ditto, my dear. All right. Yeah. So, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. 
get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.